Welcome to Derm Consult on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Raj Chovatia, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois, and joining me today to discuss updates on interleukin-23, or IL-23, inhibitors to treat adult patients with moderate to severe psoriasis, is Dr. George Hahn, an associate professor in the Department of Dermatology at the Donald and Barbara Zucker School of Medicine at Hofstra Northwell in Uniondale, New York. Dr. Hahn, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Now let's dive right in. Can you tell us about the current state of IL-23 inhibition when we think about moderate to severe plaque psoriasis? Sure. I think the discovery of this pathway has really revolutionized their treatment of psoriasis. When you think about that furthest upstream kind of master regulator of psoriasis, this is as about as close as we have to really satisfying that need, right? You talk to your patients and you say, look, the psoriasis is overactivation of your immune system. And of course, we have to block that to some degree to bring your immune system back into balance. But what we'd like to do is target it as narrowly as possible, leaving the rest of your immune system to do what it needs to do. And I think in IL-23, we really have the best target that we can possibly have in psoriasis in some ways. There are some caveats, of course, but I think it really goes to show that right now in our psoriasis realm, the IL-23 inhibitors are gaining a lot of traction. They're actually the most recent mechanism in terms of biologics that have come to market, but their popularity really, I think, drives home the point that it's a rational target for psoriasis. Why? Because these medicines are very efficacious and have very favorable safety profiles. They really do accomplish what we need them to do for psoriasis, meaning some of the highest PASI 90 and 100 scores that we have come from IL-23 inhibitors, and they also have long-term durability. So I think on those fronts that this really seems to be a good target. We block all those downstream events like TH17 activation, IL-17, which we have other specific inhibitors of. So I think this pathway has a lot to do with activation of psoriasis. Now, when you think about some of the downsides, potentially the medicines in IL-23 tend to work a little slower than, for example, our IL-17 inhibitors. So I think on those fronts, we maybe have a little more room to grow and a little more nuance in terms of selecting the correct treatment for each patient. But there's no doubt that this really has made a big impact on our psoriasis treatment landscape. So to really actually zero in on some of our options when it comes to IL-23 inhibition, I know that we have a few in the tool chest. There's risankizumab, gazelkumab, and tildrakizumab, all great choices for individuals with moderate to severe disease. Could you maybe kind of give me your quick snapshot about how you talk about these with your patients and maybe share some of the newer data that has come out in the last couple of years? Yeah, all of these medicines, I think in general, are highly effective medications for treating psoriasis. We're lucky to be in a place, I think, that when you look at most of our newer biologics, the mean PASI improvement is above 90%. So, you know, when you look at that, it actually really helps our conversation with patients. They always ask you, what can I expect? If you tell them, I expect over 90% of your psoriasis to go away. By the way, we're only going to inject you every two or three months. And the rest of the time, you just kind of live a different quality of life than you have had. That's actually really compelling. And then they ask you, what's the catch? What are the side effects? And you can tell them, for the most part, this class of medicines, the side effect profile is really clean such that all of the different percentages, for the most part, are between 1% and 2% of placebo. There have been multiple studies looking at comparators. I think for the most part, when you you look at biologic versus biologic, it's nothing that's too surprising. The IL-17 inhibitors, for example, generally are faster at getting to their outcome measures, but the IL-23 inhibitors do catch up, and it's a difference of a few weeks. It's less than a month, so it's not something that I think is really kind of 
a total game changer, but that is one benefit of the IL-17 class. And the other thing is that there has been a recent study looking at rizinkizumab versus oral apremilast, and to nobody's surprise, rizinkizumab vastly outperformed apremilast, and especially because they set the targets high at PASI-90, and we know that looking at apremilast where the PASI-75s are in the 30% range, the PASI-90 was really low for this, around 5%, and for rizinkizumab at week 16, it was above 50%. So really no surprise there that it's much more effective at treating psoriasis. And I always think like if you gave a person the choice of having a medicine that they take by mouth twice a day, and by the way, has a notable list of side effects that you may very well experience in your first month of treatment versus a medicine that you inject at maintenance every three months paints a different picture in people's minds versus just saying, you know, do you want a pill or a shot? For those of you that are just tuning in, you're listening to Derm Consults on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Raj Chovatia, and I'm speaking with Dr. George Hahn about IL-23 inhibitors for treating adult patients with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. So let's switch gears for a moment to the Frontier One study, Dr. Hahn. There seem to be some very interesting positive results coming from this trial, and for those listeners that might not be familiar with it, it's actually looking at an oral blocker of IL-23. So how could the approval of the first oral anti-IL-23 medication change our treatment landscape and discussion when it comes to our patients? Yeah, this is really interesting because it really changes our paradigm of how we think about treatments for psoriasis. The reason that we need to have biologics is because that has been our mechanism to provide very specific and targeted inhibition of these cytokines in the past, right? What the antibody drugs do for us is they allow us to design something that very specifically and avidly binds to something else and target it without having many off-target effects. And that's one of the issues potentially with small molecules is that because they're smaller molecules in general, there's more things that they can attach to. And so there's potentially more off-target effects. But there's this whole new idea that maybe through designing a better small molecule, you can drive more selectivity, but also this idea of constrained peptides. So I want to talk a little bit about this. So peptide drugs have been around for decades. So it's actually an old technology when you think about it. And all it is, is essentially it bridges that gap between antibody drugs and small molecules in that they're anywhere from about, I would say, two to 10 times the size of a small molecule. But they're big enough that they can more specifically bind to a specific area of like, let's say a cytokine you're targeting, but they're small enough that they can actually be taken orally and you have enough systemic uptake to actually have targeted effects. So I think that's the big idea here. If you want to boil it down to like kind of an oversimplification, it's an oral version of a biologic because what is the benefit of a biologic? It's really specific targeting. And what can these peptide drugs do? Well, it's specific targeting. So just with that in mind, the idea here is that when you take this peptide drug orally, you're able to drive IL-23 inhibition to maybe similar or levels approaching that of a biologic. And I think that's where the Frontier trial was really exciting because we're starting to see these high response rates that we really have not seen with any oral molecule. We have some good ones now in our arsenal, but we're really not approaching these levels. And with a grain of salt, because it's a phase 2B trial, but you look at the response rates, it's really exciting. We're getting close to 80% on a PASI-75 response, around 60% for a PASI-90 response and over 40% PASI-100 response rates. 
And when you kind of keep all this information in mind, Dr. Han, maybe I can pick your brain for a second. How do you think we're going to be having that discussion with our patients about choosing the best treatment option for them? Is it going to be a one-size-fits-all given the general homogeneity of disease? Is there going to be some more nuance to this discussion given the number of treatments? What are your thoughts? I think definitely there's a lot of nuance to our discussions now. And it's getting to the point where it's not only just looking at these outcome measures, which are important, but we're starting to think and talk more about things like molecule size, right? Which you know, you haven't really thought about, even though we've had a couple of different technologies with our biologics, including fragments and pegylation, things like that. It's not something that has been at the forefront of conversation, but we're starting to see not only in the psoriasis space and psoriatic arthritis and hydratinitis, we're talking more about sizes of even different biologics, like some of them are one-tenth the size of the others. And what does that buy you in terms of tissue penetration? So I think that's another interesting thing to keep in mind about these smaller molecules, like the peptide drugs and small molecules, is that you could potentially actually have more penetration of these medications into diseased tissue. And so there the idea becomes, do we see any additional benefit in things like psoriatic arthritis, pulmoplantar psoriasis? So I think there's really a lot that this opens up in terms of like new avenues of conversation. So unfortunately, I don't think it's going to become easier to have this discussion. But I think as we kind of figure out where these medications kind of have a role in our arsenal, it's just better for everybody because what we want to do is just treat patients, get them to a clearer skin, better joints, and better overall health. With that in mind, I really want to thank my guest, Dr. George Hahn, for sharing his insights on interleukin-23 inhibitors. Dr. Hahn, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Raj Chovatia. To access this episode and others in the series, visit reachmd.com slash dermconsult, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.